Hey everyone, I'm Fredo. And I'm Benji. And this is Apes on Tape Podcast. Welcome. Hey everyone, welcome back to Apes on Tape, aka Gorilla Radio. What? Oh, really? Interesting. Uh, I promise not to release any satire or um, copyright issues. Hello everyone. Hello everyone. How are you today, Benj? Yeah, I'm pretty good. You're looking sun-kissed. Yeah, that's a polite way of saying I am red as a tomato, I'm sure. Yeah, red as fuck. Really? Is it red? Uh, you, yeah, you are, yeah. yeah. What have you been doing? It's not too tender. You can still touch it. Yeah. Yeah, I nice. don't think there's any, like, damage. I did put sun cream on today. Nice. Rub it in, why don't you? I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, what have you been doing? You've been in Switzerland. That's correct, yeah. I went for a little went for a little slide about. Hopped over the border. Well, you know, I wouldn't like to say that on uh, on public radio. Uh, but yeah, I did uh, I did sneak over to Switzerland for a little slippery slide. Mm, rub it in, why don't you? I Again. Did. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Sorry. I'm only I'm in a wheelchair over here, mate. Well, you you could have come over. Well, what and didn't what watched you from the bottom? No, you get one of those things. I'll push you on it. Bloody cheerleader! Oh, come on. <laughs> oh you can cheerlead if you like. Yeah. Go get a flag saying "Go Benj." Yeah, I'd love that. Really? No. No, that'd be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been up to, man? Uh, well, I dropped Lou at the bus station this morning. She is oh, yeah. gone away for two weeks. Gone away. Leaving on a jet plane. Not on a yeah. jet plane. No, on a or bus. On a bus, yeah. Funny story, actually. She really needed a wee in the car. And then she was like, oh, I'll just go on the bus. And then <laughs> messaged me saying the bus, the toilet is closed because of COVID. Of and course. she's like, I'm literally considering How long ur- was the bus urinating journey? in the seat. Yeah. It was an hour. Well, it's 11 hours. Right. But she... Um, that, that's a yeah. considerable difference there. <laughs> no, but she was like one hour until... And then she then she must be saying that was the best piss I've ever had in yeah. my life. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Mm. Where did she stop? Uh, I don't know. I guess the first place she could. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Burst out of the bus. I was like, get out of the way. I need the toilet. Yeah, but she's gone to visit a friend who's just had a baby. Mm, nice. But uh, on the subject of Lou leaving, yeah. um, actually, I've just... Quite anxious because although we're recording a podcast now, just about fifteen minutes ago we released the episode five humble pie, humble pie into the ether, yeah, and that makes me incredibly nervous because in that episode I open up a lot about. Yeah, yeah, you do expose yourself to be a bit of a knobhead for a while, but you know. Uh, yeah, but also I. You come to terms with it, so it's kind of you know it's. I think personally, it's it's pretty brave. It is, um, but... I certainly wouldn't do it. I like to make sure I calculate very carefully that I look good <laughs> yeah. as I possibly can to everyone. I would certainly wouldn't release anything that for in for a minute even questioned that I was a yeah. knobhead. That makes me feel a lot better, thank you. Yeah, so if, if anything, I'm more of a knobhead. Yeah, well... Uh, so now I've exposed that, so actually... I, there well, you go. Yeah. Well, I'm more humble than you now. <laughs> how, how much can, humble pie can one eat? Yeah, should we have a humble pie eating contest? No, no, no. I don't think it would taste very good. No, it's. I think it was the the fact that I opened up about like the troubles that Lou and I were facing in our relationship, and also yeah. just on a subject such a public platform as well. It's just quite. But yeah, on the subject of Lou leaving, uh, Lou, when she comes back in two weeks, after the two weeks after that, she's leaving for the summer. Yeah. Um, well, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty scary to be honest because. I do, I hate to admit this because, well, I just do. I, I like to think of myself as, as independent as possible, but I do rely on Lou for a lot of things. Mm. Um, 
like physical things like reaching stuff from high shelves and yeah <laughs> uh and you know like stuff that I can do but like I've you know like uh like putting petrol in the car for yeah. example is such a ball ache but it, it's totally doable taking the recycling out is an absolute ball ache but totally doable mm. um but then also like on a deeper level like just feeling loved mm. is uh is a bit embarrassing to talk about but like I think like it's important to have like self love but I think it's harder after suffering a disability because mm. I feel more insecure about myself mm. and I'd say that when um when Lou went away in the summer um for me that's where I thought you know things maybe took a different path for the both of you after that period of time away when she went away and did her did her women's retreat and you had I think 3 or maybe even 4 weeks it was where your um, independence you, you suddenly became far more aware of it and mm. I think you you really enjoyed it and you were like oh I can do all of this stuff I actually don't need Lou I, you know I can I can do all this stuff by myself and yes you know it does take longer but you know that's also why you get you know uh, a disability um, you know uh, support financially because yeah. you you need time to, to do life because life isn't quite as simple as it is for everyone else. You're absolutely right, man. I I feel like uh, there are a lot of things I need to navigate. Like, yeah, like the difference between three or four weeks and three months is quite large. And the fact that it's in the middle of summer helps a lot. So what did upset me recently was when she was saying that uh, she was going to leave Luna with me for the two weeks. But when she goes away for the three months, she's going to take Luna. But when she booked the bus ticket, dumped loads of snow and it was so annoying because like mm. it when so my independence is actually dependent on the weather because when the weather's lovely I can boost around in my wheelchair quite happily but when there's snow on the ground it's a massive game changer it's a, it's a literally a physical barrier between me and the outside world and yeah and when the snow fell it, it just it was a stark reminder of like the fact that I do need help with things mm. and I hate asking for help. I'm so ferociously, stubbornly independent. I hate asking for help. But I think I've just got to learn to be a bit more humble. Oui. Mm, exactly. <laughs> Even more humble. And just ask for help, man, and just sort of like reach out. I feel like I need to, uh, especially like, because I know you're leaving for the summer. Um, Alex and Carl are leaving for the summer. Like, mm. so, and I don't have rehab anymore. So, like, <clears throat> with the void of, all of those people in my life mm. missing, it was sort of kind of like my sort of inner circle of people just disappearing. Mm. I do feel like I really need to proactively fill that void with things that are, you know, mm. helpful and creative and create new friendships, create a new network of support and and mm. just people in my life. And Well, I'd say you don't need to create a new network yeah. of friends you you know you're you're you know a few a few people away from being famous in this town like you know <laughs> everyone knows who you are you just need to um you know say hi to some old friends i guess and yeah. and through through asking for help that you need occasionally i'm sure you know i mean you won't you won't need to do that but you're going to be forced into a situation where you know you will be reaching out to to people more and that's that's a good thing man because mm. you, you've been saying that you you felt that you know exactly hermitized or whatever. I have been uh, hibernating a little bit. Like I've definitely been a little bit insular, 
and since my accident I've just I don't know man my comfort zone has got so much smaller like it's it's so it's kind of obvious that if you like even if you don't have a disability you can imagine being like oh well I can't go on hikes I can't you know I can't put mm. I can't go too far out of my comfort zone because if I did I would could get really stuck like mm. somewhere like for example when it snowed I got stuck about six feet from my ramp because yeah, I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. fuck, my wheelchair's completely stuck. And mm. little things like that just, I don't know, I, I think, like anything, the first time you do something is the scariest. Um, so, yeah, I, I didn't think I could take the recycling out until I did it. And I was like, mm. oh, yeah, I can. It's yeah. it's it's definitely a ball ache. Yeah. But it's doable. Yeah. And I just think I need to, yeah, like reestablish old friendships and, mm. and reach out to people. Like One thing I really want to do is a bike ride club. Oh, yeah. With my hand bike and sort of reach out to people because people love a good old bike ride in the summer. And people are keen on those bikes in the summer. I've heard mm. about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but then also like uh, podcast. I've got an, an idea for another podcast once you're gone, which is, again, oh, that, that I'm, I'm saddens be, me actually. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be usurped, am I? Well, no. Uh, I no, 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 that's fine. That's fine. That's totally fine. <laughs> but no, it, it does sadden me that, that you're leaving yeah, but yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, because obviously the podcast is is quite exciting. For That's me. all you want me for, isn't it? No, not just the podcast. Sorry, but, we're going to have but, to take a time out here where we have a <laughs> disagreement. But uh, no, I don't want I don't want this this particular episode to be all about me and and my feelings. But uh, and but um, but yeah, no, I guess while we're on the subject, I just yeah, I think it's I like I said, I need to be uh, proactive. Otherwise, it could be filled with tears and pornography mm. you know yeah, yeah, <laughs> just yeah. in that order yeah mm. so i what we, do you um what do you think uh has been the you know the worst thing or what is going to be the worst thing about losing the relationship that you're going to find um what are, oh, you know are you losing it i guess that, well yeah maybe i mean i haven't like i've opened up about this on my youtube channel but not really on the podcast. I guess the the crossover audience isn't. So I guess this could be the first time some people are hearing it. But like, there's a good chance that uh, after Lou has gone away for the summer, that we might not rekindle our romance, and it could be it could be the end of our relationship. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it was a failure, because a lot of relationships end. In fact, all of my previous relationships have ended, but mm. n- none of them I I have considered a failure. Because I've got lifelong friendships with most of my. Um, I don't even like to use the word ex-girlfriends because if you take a mm. take away the word girl, you have ex-friend, but they're not friends. They're, they're they are friends. Like mm. my friend Kelsey, we speak. Well, we spoke twice this month already, and we pick up the phone like we were old friends. Like, all right, mate, how you mm. doing? You know, like we just have a chat, and it's um it's wonderful. And that's what I think. If Lou and I don't rekindle our romance, I would. I 100% think we'll have we'll have a lifelong friendship. So mm. uh, in that respect I feel like it's it's certainly not a failure. No, no, no. In any way. And do you think that um you've you're cu- like you've come to a natural end of your relationship is this a is this a a tear of tragedy for for one or both of you or do you feel that it's a natural No, I think finish that, line. Um you know like when people are really good together um, mm. for a certain amount of time. And then sometimes there can be an amount of time where people aren't really that good together, but they stick with 
each other for mm. you know sometimes many many years um, yeah. and they're not that happy and I think we just want different lifestyles man and um, I think also the, the I think what amplified everything was COVID the lockdown mm. um, the fact that um, Lou was unemployed I had a disability all of these things were like really put the magnifying glass on on our relationship and was like wow like we're you know we we don't we no longer like have any fresh energy coming in we're literally just in the house together all the time and to be fair we we still get on really well we're really good friends but we're just i don't know man i just mm. again I, it, it's definitely not a a full stop it's more of a, a comma mm. or a dot 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 at least you know um and after summer we we, we may rekindle things i i just mm. think that after the summer she has She's going to Spain working with the plant medicine retreat. Um, I think she'll... Head off in another direction. I think so. And I think it'll probably be... Re- I'm really happy for her, man. Like, when you love someone, you just want to be really happy for them, right? Yeah, for and, sure. And this opportunity for both of us is going to be an, a massive opportunity for personal growth for both mm. of us. Like, this, this summer is going to be... I'm going to be either forced out of my comfort zone or I'll just be in a bloody mess on the <laughs> sofa just... But I don't think I, 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 think, I, think, I think it's gonna be the first one. I think it'll be the first one too, man. Yeah, for yeah. sure. But um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I wasn't really planning on going too deep into this, but yeah, I think yeah, I, I think it'll be. I think it'll be good. I think, like I say, I've never really experienced being single with a spinal cord injury, or mm. you know. And again, I think what the important thing is 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 I think that. Um, so, ladies, if you're out there. Hey, <laughs> I'm joking, if you are not, not very nice for Lou to find. Yeah, yeah, no. No, we have spoken about it. Like, Lou, Lou and yeah. I have spoken about it quite openly. And, yeah. Because I was saying that I think that um, when she goes to this place, I think... Uh, I'm not, I don't think she's going to mind me saying it. I think there's probably two outcomes in my logical brain. I think she'll probably either meet someone over there and possibly fall in love. And I think that's completely natural. That's absolutely fine. Or she will be like, "Wow, I thought this was for me, but it's not," and she'll come back and mm. and again, I don't, I don't think she'll be even happy like with this as like a, I think she does want more mm. from life than mm. than Morzine has to offer and 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 I can offer, mm. but um, but yeah, no, I I it's, I think it's, it's definitely possible that she could meet someone over there and mm. and I, again, I'd be really happy for. Her, I think yeah, you know, I wouldn't want her to be happy. It's definitely an interesting position to be in when you are. Uh, consciously uncoupling mm. and everyone's in a good mood about it. Mm. Um, it's it's not the traditional like, oh, you, why didn't you sleep with her, you bastard, or whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, a, someone wrongs another person and there's a there's a fight, you know, someone throws a shoe or, or something. And, exactly, yeah. You know, and then, you, you know, you don't, you don't talk to one another because I think, you know, a, a way to get over a lot of a lot of loves is to is to turn them into hate because it's mm. a it's a quick it is it's a quick fix really yeah. to to hate someone instead of like deal with the pain of of loving them and uh, and not having them absolutely man i th- i think you're right i think sometimes if a relationship ends badly it and you sort of your love turns to hate then it's it's a lot easier mm. in some ways because you can just be like well fuck you yeah rather than you know, sort of dealing with it like a the rejection essentially. Yeah. Like if you if you're able to turn turn the love into hate, that um, 
alleviates you from having to deal with the the horror of being rejected. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I mean, I've uh, I've started to grow towards a more conscious uncoupling. You know, situ. I mean, I'm not engaged in that situation myself, but like I have had relationships in the past that have been very fiery and have have ended. You know, mm. in a ball of flames. Yeah. And um and now that's not you know not something I think would ever happen for me because I'd like to think that I could uh, you yeah. know you achieve, could achieve yeah. a, you know a, a slightly calmer you could handle it like a tasty cheddar well probably not quite as good as a tasty cheddar very mature <laughs> very maturely <laughs> but um yeah I don't know mm. well I think it's uh, I think it's the only really way I'd I don't know how I don't really know how else to end a relationship like I don't I don't dislike Lou we don't dislike each other we still like mm. the the true way of loving someone is, is to is to just want happiness for them so why would you begrudge them happiness if they're not happy with you then, then let them go well it's just not always the easiest like easiest thing to do is it when someone has expressed the fact that they don't love you anymore that they're gonna leave you like it's it's inevitable that you're going to feel hurt, that you're going to feel mm. betrayed, that you're going to feel rejected. And that often brings up, you know, pretty difficult feelings to look at. You can't just be like, oh, okay, on your way, fresh one. And, you know, and I then guess, to you too, you can be like, yeah. well, what the, why? What, what, love me. Why don't you love me? Or, you know, why don't I love you? You can, yeah, it can rattle you. It can rattle you bad, man. You know, that's, there's nothing more intense than, than feeling in love or feeling broken hearted. I guess so, but I, I I don't think it is that I'm broken hearted because like cause it's like it's not like Lou and I don't love each other. I, I think we love each other so much that mm. we that we want what's best for one another. Mm, yeah. In fact, I think many of the problems that we faced recently is because of my my comfort zone being so small. I'm so stuck in my ways, but being like, oh, I can't mm. go there because like I don't have my standing frame. And what if my spasms get really bad? And like mm. you know, sort of all these like imaginary scenarios in my head and and she just like well i can just go to spain and live in the woods and mm. you know do ayahuasca and and i th- it was like oh that terrifies me yeah uh, although maybe it shouldn't because maybe it's totally possible but maybe I, i've just yeah. built it up in my head but that's the thing like after the summer like maybe a summer on my own i'll just be like yeah. Fuck, i can do ironically anything. after the summer yeah. you'll be the perfect man for you <laughs> well that's what she said she said like maybe after the summer like we 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 may we may reunite and mm. it's totally possible. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't want to like pin my hopes on it at all because I think that um, that it might not be. So I think like what I wanted to bring up actually was um, the notion of uh, the way relationships are portrayed in songs and movies. You know, like for mm. example, um, just off the top of my head, like Aladdin. You know, like, mm-hmm. you know, Princess Jasmine and Aladdin and the whole storyline is love and romance and, mm. and it's them getting together. And at the end of the movie, they, they unite, you know, and they're like this wonderful couple and you're so happy for them. But you don't get to see what Aladdin and Jasmine are like five years down the line, 10 years down the line, you know. Mm. Aladdin's, you know, had 10 pints and he's got a fag hanging out of his mouth and he's like, fucking hell, Jasmine, where's me dinner? Mm. Where's me dinner, love? You know, I don't he's know. Said, he's not, he's not from the south of England. No, he's not. He's but... Arabic, so he won't be drinking alcohol either. Well, he's probably I'm... Muslim. <laughs> so he's probably, you know, you know he's, 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 there's probably some misogyny there. I, I have no idea, but what I'm saying is like, 
the point I'm making is uh, is is the songs you listen to on the radio. They're all about love and finding the one and my one true love. And like, mm. is there one true love? Because I've had I've been in love many times in my life, and I'm not to not to diminish any one of those experiences. I have enjoyed every single one as much as the other you know yeah. like it, it, they've all been wonderful experiences i don't i sort of question the fact that is it healthy to sort of deify one person and be mm. like you are the one and like i have to hold on to you yeah. forever you know like um, i completely agree yeah yeah i've i've thought this so much increasingly so over the past decade because i've thought I've just felt unsettled about it, really, because I think it's ridiculous to find someone who you believe to be your soulmate and then be like, right, okay, this is us now, till death do us part. Yeah. That's really quite a heavy sentence. It's mental, cer- isn't it? Certainly for me. And I think that maybe back in the, the 40s and, and the 50s when, you know, folks wrote each other a couple of letters and then got married and then never saw each other because Billy was at work all week and, and Mildred stayed at home and looked after the kids and then they, you know quietly hated each other on the weekends yeah (laughs) it's just uh, and it was a it was a more palatable situation maybe when there was a lot more separation a lot more autonomy a lot more independence in one another's lives but now you you send a message to your other half and if you don't get a reply if you're expecting a reply yeah for example you you know they're not in a meeting or you know they're not in a in a bike race or whatever Mm. you expect a reply and you don't get one in five minutes you're like Passive aggressive question mark? Take yeah. that! You know where yeah. are you? You know where each other is. A hundred percent of the time, you're, you're you're so aware of everything that's going on in one another's life. There's no space for any excitement or surprise. You you are completely entwined. You know through their their Facebook feed, their Twitter, yeah. their photos, their Instagram, and your constant connection. We're you're all glued to our phones, no matter how much we. You know, wish we weren't. Like yeah. everyone has tried to pry them out of our hands. Yeah, exactly. We are We're, attached to them, and, and and they're at the end of that. And knowing each other that much, there's just no space for growth. You're so immediately saturated one with one another that inevitably you do. You know, eighty years marriage in two years because you know oh, everything yeah. there is to know. Absolutely. And, you know, the, the the equation is is thus like love. Minus distance plus time equals hate. Um, yeah, yeah. That's just been, that's just been condensed. Whereas yeah. we could have stretched that out over mm. the course of like a sixty-year marriage. Now that's all condensed into the space of five years, and they're like, I fucking hate you, I fucking hate you, I hate you man. <laughs> it's mad. And what I find as well is that is that, is that it's it's fairly common for people in uh in that sort of situation to be like, oh well, do you know what we need? A kid. <laughs> you know, yeah. like that, that'll that, give us something to talk about. That'll give us something to do. That'll give us something to focus our attention on. We'll, yeah. we'll still passively hate each other, um, but yeah, it'll be. I can love the kid, and you won't notice that I don't love you anymore. Yeah, but then you, you've got a kid, and then marriage, and then you know what should have been like a four-year relationship turns into like a twelve-year relationship, mm. and, and a then, scarred child. Yeah, mm. um, and I think that's quite common, and it, it's it's not healthy, but it yeah. I think though that. There is a lot of movement towards like conscious uncoupling and there doesn't have to be such a vilification of the other half these days because, you know, I think maybe maybe like 10 years ago, 
our parents and people of that generation were like, oh, people didn't used to get divorced in our day. You know, people suck it out, they, you yeah. know, stiff up a lip, etc. And actually, that's, you know, it's not really possible mm. anymore because of the saturation that we share with one another. And it is amicable that you, you stuck it out. But, you know, what for? Is mm. is my question like who who are you impressing like the the sanctity of marriage yeah. possibly but what's the point in staying with someone if you're just you know taking up golf so you don't have to hang out with her or you know yeah. just quietly seething not helping one another grow not expanding one another's you know horizons just mm. just sticking it out for for some you know unknown sense of pride that's directed yeah. God knows where. And now I think it will be better if we can be like, yeah, I do love you and I love you, but we've done all the growing we can do. Mm. And I think now it's time to move on. I think that's I think that's a good thing. And I feel like the generation above us, like our parents will will see that as quite a a millennial and flippant response. And Possibly, I, yeah. I understand that we we are a, a disposable um a disposable Culture. generation yeah. specifically but I, I still think it's it's a bit insane really to be like you and only you yeah for I, the th- next I, 80 I years. completely agree with you man like I it like the, the they say was it the sanctity of marriage mm. but possibly it's the insanity of marriage yeah till death do us part like how well do you know each other yeah like, you don't till death like that's a long bloody time mm. you know like hopefully yeah, I mean, well, it depends. <laughs> yeah, how bad is she? Yeah, or, or him. Yeah, or yeah. He. True, there you go. True, true. I think that. Um... Sorry, carry, no, carry on. What were you gonna say? Oh, I was just gonna say. Um... Ooh, oh, I'm really sorry. Outrageous. That is bad. We're gonna. That is bad. I hope you edit that out. Podcast karma, my friend. Yeah. Okay. So I've always <laughs> thought, actually, that the agreement of marriage is an insane one and I, I don't think it's fair and I, I genuinely believe, I'm sorry, here we're going to step into a slightly controversial topic, but Go for it. everyone that is agreeing to marry someone is making a promise they can't keep. Yeah. it's it, I, There's no way you can say, I promise to love you till death do us part. You don't know what's going to happen. And even even if you promise to stay in that marriage no matter what happens what sort of engagement what sort of a relationship are you in if you know some sort of situation arises that mm. means you need to separate like yeah. i don't know adultery domestic violence whatever and then is it okay to be like hold up a piece of paper in that person's face and be like no 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 look you signed the paper saying yeah. till death do us part it's almost like we've got to stay together like what a ridiculous sentiment of exactly. course not we didn't know this was going to happen and you can never promise to be like, oh, I'm going to be in this forever. And I think that's a ridiculous promise that should, you know, not, no yeah. one should be held accountable it's to. It's like being handcuffed to someone. Hey, we're gonna, you, you handcuffed me to you and we're going to keep these on forever. Mm. But it's, it's like obviously metaphorical, but like, yeah, it's being chained to Nearly. someone. Ball yeah. and chain. Yeah, the ball and chain. And that's not necessarily saying that they're going to be a bad person, but I think it's a much more, you know, refreshing engagement to to wake up and love someone one day and then you know the next day you know maybe maybe you don't but then the next day maybe you do but 
it's it's an evolving situation and it's one that you you go through together and I think just just slapping a stamp on it and signing a piece of paper and being like yep you and only you is it's just too you and only heavy. you sounds like a song lyric man do you think in some way that we're we're being hypnotized by these pop culture references in movies and in songs all the song lyrics you hear on the radio just slowly say, yeah you and only you mm. you know like you're the only one for me and mm. you're like you're like well maybe i do need to find the only one for me and mm. you know put a ring on it you know if you like it then you should have put a ring on it mm. you know well yeah or and if you don't ask someone to marry you then mm. then it's it's a sign that you don't love them and, and yeah. i don't know i just feel like it's have it's, you seen the film her yes yeah it's a fantastic a brilliant film with yeah queen phoenix and he falls in love with his uh his operating system, for those of you that haven't seen it. So there's a new operating system brought out, it's set in the future. So Basically like a sexy like Siri. A sexy Siri, exactly. Very sexy and, um, Siri. I'd fall in love with her, would oh, you? I mean, I absolutely <laughs> would. She was delightful, I adored her. But she has this wonderful line in the film that I really think is is so true. And she asks, he finds out at some point that he's not the only one that she's in love with. She's mm. actually in love with many of her users mm. and he's heartbroken by that yeah and she says do you feel that me loving other people some way makes me love you less like because i love all these other people i know i how much do you think i know about love like i'm so much more aware so much more capable of loving because i love this much i'm making a large gesture with my hands. Yeah, yeah. Why would you know more about love if you just, you know, are just tunnel visioned on one person? Mm. The more, the, the more the merrier. And I'm not saying like, you know, everyone should go and just bang everyone they absolutely can. But I think love should be just like a, a very free, free engagement. And one yeah. shouldn't be, you know, refined and confined to just absolutely excluding man. any other people. And I don't think necessarily... I think monogamy is is a, is a is a bit tight for yeah. me, uh, but I don't think you should sleep with other people if the person that you're in love with will be hurt by it. Yeah. But I also don't think there's any harm to be had by you know engaging in a a fleeting moment of romance and lust with someone that you you come across, and that doesn't mean that you don't love someone else. It just it you just share a moment, and you can bring that energy into your relationship and share it back with someone else it's not a mm. it's not a betrayal do you think that that has to be pre-arranged beforehand like like say okay um should we have an open relationship or mm. should we be open to the idea of an open relationship yeah i i absolutely think so and that's what for why example I say, saying like you, you know you can't just go bang someone at cafe show on a saturday and night and then claim to be yeah. you know into but, um, a polyamorous relationship yeah, yeah. But say, for example, oh, I'm going traveling um, round. Oh, say, for example, the, the example of Lou, like, you mm-hmm. know, um, we've spoken about it. And it's it's kind of like a really, yeah, that's what I mean. I don't think I would bring it up on the podcast because like for like my parents, they probably would not understand. But I, I said it would, I think it would be fine if you ex- explored other people like sexually. Yes. Yeah. It, it wouldn't bother me exactly um, you're there to experience all different things mm. um, so if you were to you know I wouldn't like uh, some betrayal or something you, I'm, you're not my property um, you exactly can, you can yeah. do it as, as you wish like yeah um, but yeah it, it is for some 
people very hard to understand. I I agree, and I think it's probably a cultural thing and a generational thing. And personally, I, I feel more inclined that way. And I'd like to think that I could be quite open-minded about that situation. I feel that I could, and I, I think that I I could be if I if I imagine myself in that position. I I would be happy for people I was in love with to explore mm. other realms of, of of whatever it was they were interested to without feeling betrayed or or you know yeah i think the only caveat being that you'd have to say beforehand you couldn't just go and cheat on someone and say oh i know much more about love because mm. i loved that other person on yeah, saturday night i agree after you know 10 pints of yeah beer, well that's a pretty unconscious very loving <laughs> yeah yeah you know like you would you would have to be like okay listen um you, there would have to be a, a like yeah yeah but i think if you're in a loving and open relationship and a truly loving relationship that's a very possible uh, you know an approachable conversation and I find that I have found in the in the past that I've loved very desperately and I I I cling on to a person that I fall for and I you know I I hold very tight Uh, yeah I I put them on a pedestal and actually of recent recent years I felt uh, a much more calm sense about the way I love and uh, a far more open approach to it and and it's and it's a lot easier it's yeah the, yeah and previously maybe in relationships the thought of someone sleeping with someone else would be pretty unpalatable to me yeah. but actually nowadays it's like it's not something that i recoil or contract at, at all mm. and I'd, I'd be really open to it but again like you say it's you know, it's an evolving thing, and, yeah. and it, it's a it's a conscious decision that has to be taken by by both parties or all parties, depending on how yeah. many people are engaged. Absolutely, man. Like, so I'll go back to the. I think I might have mentioned that all but one of my ex girlfriends, um, uh, I've remained friends with, mm. and the one that I didn't was the one that cheated on me because uh, she was a very attractive girl. She was young. She went from college to university, and when she was at university, she was obviously getting a lot of male attention. She was away from home, and she was sleeping with other people. and And now I look back, and I'm like, you know what? Like, if 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 it is my place to forgive you, like I completely forgive you. Like at the time, I was like, how very dare you? Mm. You betrayed me. You know, mm. I, you know, I, it was almost like possessive. I was like, you're my girlfriend. Mm. You shouldn't be with any other men. Yeah, and I think. Again, I was probably justified in that point of view, like when I was that age, because I wasn't that sort of like evolved consciously. But now I'm like, well, God, I mean, I, you were bloody fit, young, young and hot, <laughs> and you did get a lot of attention. I mean, it would be pretty hard to, to you know, you're in a d- another town. I mean, yeah. you know, we obviously we were young at the time. We probably could have spoken about it. Mm. Uh, in a but you know you you don't at that age do you really no, um, no, no. and now I was like well fuck you yeah and um, when she was you know, like fuck you yeah yeah uh, no worries and um, yeah so yeah but yeah I mean I I'd, I'd like I mean I think it'd be pretty odd to get in touch with her after all these years and be like mm. oh hey um, I you know about what happened yeah. like twenty years ago uh, yeah. I feel like you know that was. Yeah. That was totally understandable. I, yeah. I forgive you. And she's like, oh, cool, cheers. Um, yeah. Weirdo. But I actually got in contact with an ex of mine from from many, many years ago. And I apologised to her quite recently because I felt a sense of regret. Of, uh, she is also, she's actually the, the one ex 
I don't like again. I don't like using the word X either. But um, mm. the one previous relationship yeah. that I I no longer have an amicable uh, relationship with. Um, we don't talk. Yeah. Um, she, she's I, I I can't remember if she's married or not. I think she's engaged. She's, she's certainly got a, a beautiful daughter. Yeah. Um, certainly moved on. She's certainly moved on. <laughs> but I but our relationship ended on bad terms and uh, and we we don't converse anymore and I was like that's that's horrible cuz she's she's rad she's a lovely girl um woman sorry so you got in touch with her I got in touch with her yeah I just it- I just wrote her a message I was just feeling a bit open I think it was after a meditation actually and I yeah. was just like oh there's there's people that I you know the, the it's, it's unfinished business yeah and I wasn't expecting a reply or anything like that mm. but I nevertheless wrote like you know a long enough message saying I'm sorry for you know anything? Anything I did to hurt you, which was which was a few things. Yeah. Um. She didn't get back to me, but um. Maybe. Oh, she. Oh, I was gonna thought you you weren't expecting a reply, but. No, no, uh, no, no. Maybe she, maybe she'll hear this. Yeah. I doubt it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's really funny. On a completely unrelated, well, semi-related anecdote, I once wrote a note to someone. The first time I'd uh, I'd ever tried MDMA. Yeah. I. Uh, I got with this girl, but we never like hooked up. We, because you know, I, I feel like I, you know, we've spoken about <laughs> substances enough. But uh, yeah, so for those of you that don't know, MDMA is uh, the active ingredient. In, a lot of people call it ecstasy, and I, I was just so blown away with just how much I was just I was just fascinated with this girl. It was my first ever ski holiday. Yeah. Uh, down the road in Flame. And, Sorry, uh, were you fascinated with her before, during, or after? So we the we the compound we experience. dropped together, and she was an Irish girl, like really, like I thought she was way out of my league, like mm. you know, never in a million years would she get with me. Mm. And then we obviously we dropped together, and um, mate, we were just vibing, and then of all of a sudden we were making out, and I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. Yeah. And I think she was um, like kind of like trying on with me, but because I was so you know, like chatty and just like, oh, no, that's all right. We don't have to like get naked. Let's just cuddle. And mm. It was really, it was a very, I just remember thinking I, I'm in love with this girl. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, so really <laughs> bizarrely enough, like many, many, many years later, I just wrote her a random, uh, I think I was quite stoned or something. And I was just like, oh, by the way, like that time um, that we, you know, yeah, MDMA together. Yeah, <laughs> that day I was fully in love with you. I, yeah, uh, you I think, yeah. I was just like, I didn't tell you until now, but like, uh, and how many years ago was this? Oh, I sent the message. I think when I was in Australia, so it must have. Oh, been, okay. Must have been a good eight years. Yeah. After the event, <laughs> yeah. I was just like, by the way, uh, I've I I never told you, but I I thought I was in love with you after yeah. that, and uh, and I I was like really heartbroken that we couldn't be together, yeah. and uh, and now now like my, after many more years of uh, yeah. experience with with drugs, I realised that I was just high, and yeah. like, of course that's a very common feeling to feel like <laughs> you're in love with someone when you're on MDMA, yeah. but uh, I just wanted to thank you for my introduction into into that world. Yeah. Uh, with you and it was it was it was I still regard it as one of the nice. one of the very very high highly regarded nights of my entire oh, existence nice. yeah, yeah yeah and she wrote me back a lovely message Did she? yeah she's like mate that's so lovely you're, oh, that's you're so such nice. a legend thanks for saying that like you're an absolute wally but yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I was just like yeah I, I, I again I was like I, I thought for ages I was in love with you and then I was like mm. oh no you just you're in love with everyone on him yeah mate? I think you are though 
You kind of are, yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't. I like. That's why they call it the love drug. Yeah, it does open your heart, but I, I don't ever feel that it's a, it's a manufactured, fabricated love. I feel that it's a, it's an opening. It's a, it's a gateway rather than mm. a. I, I've, ne- I've never. It's a facilitator. Yeah, I don't think I've ever woken up the morning after, or you know, a few hours after, and be like, oh, I can't believe I said that to that person. Oh it's God, like, I have. It's not like oh really? Yeah. Well, because it's because it's too loving. Mm, be, right. So my ex, my my other anecdote was uh, I was with my one of my first girl. Oh God, Luna. <laughs> That's so well picked up. Is it? Yeah, I can hear. It. Oh yeah, you can't hear. I can hear no. Crystal. I can just pretend I'm noshing to... you off. <laughs> gay? That'd be gay enough, wouldn't it? <laughs> <It's> a segue. <laughs> So I've got an anecdote of some of a time where I really did regret the next day because I was with a girl called Claire, one of my first-ish girlfriends. I mean, I was like, I don't know, like 22, 23 or something like that. And we, she was a uni student, so that means like she lived in a uni house with many young friends who loved to indulge in bit of MDMA at parties at mm. the weekends and stuff. And I was seeing her and I was falling in love with her for sure. And then I was obviously a bit too high. Well, I don't think it'd be too high, but I was... <laughs> you, you can. Yes. <laughs> I proceeded to tell every oh. single person at the party how much I... I was like, do you know, oh. I love Claire. I actually love... I just, I just told her I loved her for the first time upstairs oh, and it was brilliant. Like, she told me she loved me too. Can you believe that? Yeah, I've, got, I've just got to tell everyone. I just go, I love Claire. Oid. Uh, and, I, and, that, and the next day I was like, oh my God, I told everybody oh, no, that I cringe. loved you last night. How embarrassing. She was like, yeah, it was a little bit cringy. And I was like, yeah. oh my God. Oh, even just now I'm getting like, yeah, anxiety yeah, I just thinking about it. Like, yeah. but Everyone then, just thought it was adorable though. Everyone yeah. was like, oh, they are just so in love. He just wants to scream it from the rooftops. Like, Well, exactly. It's how you experience it. And that maybe you felt ashamed about it, but that's because you're putting yourself out on a ledge. But you were speaking the truth. And that's a wonderful thing. And it's I want to highlight the thing that, the, the fact that it's so different from alcohol. You, you wake up in the morning and you, you know you you've drunk far too much last night, and you get little sporadic flashes mm. of like, oh my god, oh where was I? I don't even remember being there. And you, you, if you're conversing with people that you were, yeah. you were also there with, like, oh, don't don't you remember? You, you know you took your pants off and stole that hot dog from that man. You're like, oh <laughs> shit, oh no, oh I'm gonna have to apologise to him. Oh that's awful. Oh I didn't remember that. And Casey was there, and you you told her that you know you, you wanted to. Well I won't repeat the next bit. And you're like, oh god, that's awful. Whereas MDMA, you 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 don't do anything that isn't you know rooted in love. in love. Yeah, you say things you mean like, and I've had many deep conversations like tears of joy, tears of sorrow, tears of you know closeness. But they've I've never been like oh that was ugh. I've been I've been like wow I'm yeah. I'm a lot closer with that person now yeah. because of that. Especially if you're both on. On the substance, and, uh, you especially when everyone else at the party was as well, and everyone's like, like "That's hilarious." Yeah, He's yeah, probably yeah. going to regret that in the morning, but yeah, we all, yeah, we'll yeah. just love him a little bit more. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, it's not to be, not to be shied away from. Yeah, well, for, you, you take him with care. Mm. If you have any heart conditions, don't mm. don't monge it without um, consulting your doctor. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. This is this is for education purposes only, mm. people.
Yeah, I think it's worth uh, mentioning that while both of us have regaled the audience with positive experiences of this drug, that obviously it is a, or it can be a dangerous one if it's not taken carefully. And, oh, for um, sure, yeah. It's not, it's not something you want to just frivolously 100%. pop in your gob without, without thinking twice. Definitely, 100%. And I was actually thinking recently how lucky I am with my spinal cord injury. Uh, I was watching a documentary uh, with Paul Bazagotia. I don't know if you know who that guy is. Good no? name. Yeah, he's a, he was a mountain bike rider. Uh, he was doing Red Bull Rampage and he fell and he got paralysed. But I was thinking he won the bloody lottery of spinal cord injuries. Like he... Basically, I think he just got his feet paralysed and he had like full sexual function, full like, you know, bladder, bowel function. And he did put a lot of rehab in. But I was, you know, watching the documentary, I was like, Jesus Christ, man, like you're complaining a lot. Like you basically won the lottery of spinal cord injuries. And then I was like, oh, how about I look in the mirror now? Because mm. like I, my spinal cord injury is pretty damn good for compared to a lot of other people and I don't like to compare myself to those less fortunate but because I'm involved in these Facebook groups of spinal cord injuries I realise that you know like uh, well number one I can take psychedelics and other substances without any side effects and that's why I did want to mention because I know that we've spoken about it a lot and I do have a spinal cord injury but apparently it's quite common to have a lot of side effects especially if you have spasticity like I've heard stories on the Facebook groups of like people with spinal cord injuries having bouts of horrible leg spasms that have made their psychedelic experiences completely undesirable mm. and um, and there's other things to do with my personal spinal cord injury which I really feel fortunate for like for mm. example I'm I'm not incontinent and I don't mean to like shit on other people but oh <laughs> with the, so, uh, the Sorry, but I mean, like, you know, <laughs> if you do, if you are incontinent, all I'm saying is, like, you'd probably rather not be. Um, and, you know, I can have enough sensitivity in my penis to enjoy sex and as little to not feel pain when I insert a catheter. 30 centimetres, that is. 30 people. centimetres, yeah. You, I still want to show you one day. Yeah. I want to show you on the podcast and oh, you'd be like, whoa, maybe. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, and also like, yeah, I do suffer from spasms and they are really painful, but I don't suffer from nerve pain, mm. which is something quite common with a spinal cord injury, which from what I hear is just horrible. Imagine being stabbed or like in the legs or feel like your feet are on fire and mm. apparently it plagues people like, and they, they just, you know, they can't sleep. It usually worse at night. So like no nerve pain. I've got a decent level of spasticity, like it is a gift and a curse. Sometimes it really pisses me off, but my muscles haven't atrophied that much. I can feel when I need to go for a wee, um, so I know when I need to do a catheter. And I don't know, I can get an erection. So like, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like all of those things, can, I mean, I can't walk. I mean, that sucks. Mm, but like yeah. on, on the scale of... And anyway, I've got a low. I'm a low-level paraplegic. I mean, you know, I've got my, I've got my abs. Mm. I've got my upper body strength. Um, mm. So yeah, all in all, I think that I pretty much won the lottery of spinal cord injuries as well. When I hear what other people have to go through, mm. and it really sucks. Actually, there was a, there was a. Oh, again, I, I, don't, I really don't mean to sound conceited. If you do have a spinal cord injury and it's worse for you, 
I don't mean to be comparing our struggles, but there was one post on a Facebook group recently that was like, would you rather have bowel and bladder function or the ability to walk? And for me, I was like, well, the ability to walk, obviously, because Mm. my bowel and bladder function is really not that bad. Like my bowel program takes like Mm. 10 minutes max. And I know other people that takes a lot longer. Mm. And sometimes people can't do that independently. And that would really suck. But there was Mm. one guy who messaged just saying, I would just love to be able to use my hands. Being a paraplegic is Mm. a quadriplegic's dream. Mm. And I was like, whoa, Mm. next time I'm complaining about something, Mm. just remember how easily and fluidly I can move my arms and Mm. fingers. And, you know, I just, just, that just really struck me. I was just like, wow, like... I do, I mean, I think it's natural to complain a little bit when you have a spinal cord injury. Like, you go from being able-bodied to being permanently disabled. It's natural to be like, you know, this sucks. But then to have that stark comparison of someone with four limbs impaired, Mm. being like, hey, man, you've only got two limbs impaired. Mm. Be like, oh, yeah. Sorry, pal. Um, Anyway, I don't know why I dropped that in at the end there, but I just thought... um, it was important to just say, just to to give a warning that um, yeah, you, if you do have a spinal cord injury, then sometimes proceed th- with caution. Proceed with caution, exactly. Mm. And um, and on that note, thanks very much for listening, guys. Thank you. Um, take drugs safely. <laughs> oh my god. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.